Good evening, everyone. Please sit comfortably. Good evening, everyone on the screen, too. Um, at home, we've got a, um, a Zen calendar, or a Zen, a Zen diary, and it has a different saying on it each day. Some of them are very, very interesting. Yesterday's one was meditation, there is nothing to do. It is about non-doing by Zogchen Rinpoche. And I'd like to respond to that statement um, in an indirect way to begin with. Um, and I may have mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I was reading a book called The Call of the Reed Warbler. Well, I finished reading the book now, so mm -hmm. that's my inroad into, into discussing this tonight. But The Call of the Reed Warbler um, is a book about um, regenerative farming in Australia oh, and through the world and it's written by um, Charles Massey who is a, is a, uh, a very down-to-earth Aussie sheep farmer um, in the Monaro area um, and he comes across as being a, as part from being like very down-to-earth um, very very open-hearted man and very bright man, very intelligent man as well, very well informed about the science of farming. And uh, his background was is that he inherited a, he came from a farming, a farming background, grew up on a farm with a few generations of sheep farmers before him. And um, through one adversity after another, um, he realised that the, the land um, that his um, ancestors had been using had became degraded through through standard kind of farming practices. And um, he first acknowledges how um, Aboriginal people had, had um, managed the land in Australia in various different ways, fire stick farming, etc., and had done for thousands and thousands of years um, without, without destroying um, the Australian soils or the biodiversity and were able to live off it, replenish off it for thousands and thousands of years. And then when we came in, in 1788, um, very quickly um, there was a very sensitive, fragile system in Australia, being a very old landmass, and very, very, very quickly the, the land became degraded through farming practices that worked better in Europe um, but even over there, land was degraded as well. And um, and the the terms that uh, uh, Charles Massey brings, you know, to understand these different approaches, he talks about um, organic mind and mechanical mind. And uh, it's not hard to see that this is referring in in terms of. Um, neuroscience, you know, that we've been talking about and Ian Gilchrist, is organic mind is right hemisphere, mechanical mind is correlates with left hemisphere. So the two different types of states of mind that we, we, we can bring to any kind of enterprise. And um, he's saying it's, a, it's the, the mechanical mind, the thing that just breaks down things into bits and pieces and just wants to go in, have a product, make a, make a profit, don't think of actually regenerating the land in any natural kind of holistic way leads to its degradation. 
alternatively, when we bring an organic mind or like a very holistic approach to whatever where our endeavour is, um, then um, then the transformation can occur. And his book is um, it's full of science, but it's also written in a very poetic and philosophical kind of manner as well. And it's told as a story, so it goes around to different farming families in Australia that have done things similar to what and people did it through trial and error. And what what is the most um, common type of intervention, the common denominator in the way all of these different people regenerated their land is that they did nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just they, they just for a few seasons at least stopped um, it's not that they stopped grazing cattle or sheep on it altogether, but they, they just let it grow back. They just let the and they, they didn't mind weeds growing back because that was that was ground cover and that brought do you know, um, uh, photosynthesis into the soil and change soils and so on. So they just let it all go to weed and so on and let greenery come back and just let it do its own thing. And it's basically based on the principle that Mother Nature knows what she's doing. So just get out of the way and, and let her do it. Right? And, um, and the story after story in this book of people who've had um, degraded lands through their own practices as well and through getting out of the way, letting Mother Nature come back with, with some human help around it as well, um, that they, the story after story of people regenerating these farms into beautiful biodiverse farms, which are you know, full of insects, full of richness in the soil, spongy soil retaining water rather than running off, and, and a, a huge biodiversity of birds and insects and food and so on, which just generate a, a wonderful natural landscape. And the, the title of the book, The Call of the Reed Warbler, comes from um, a little story in the book where, um, where water in degraded land just sort of runs off because the, hand, the, the land is so hard and it doesn't absorb in. Is that these farmers learnt ways of um, creating weirs, so they block the water a bit. You know, it just trickled, and they 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 develop marshlands and swamps, and the swamps um, grow reeds. And when you hear a reed warbler, which which lives in these reeds, it's like ah, that's that's the that's the signal. Do you know that something's turning around and is is um, coming right again? So that's kind of a long-winded way of saying that even, even when we bring an organic state of mind rather mechanical state of mind to what we do and we just allow nature to restore itself, something wonderful, you know, can can occur. And if we bring that, state, that same state of mind to our, to our Zen practice as well, then, then that's what we're aspiring to do here. Um, Yes, in neuroscience, by doing Zen, you, gen- you regenerate a right hemisphere, um, but a right hemisphere also helps when, you, when you, you come at the practice with that kind of holistic, organic, intuitive sense. That's where things start to blossom. Um, because in our, our day and age, we're all educated into a kind of left hemisphere dominance where we analyse and we're 
caught up in concepts and words and so on. We're all trying to work it all out. But when we make that shift into Zazen, where instead of trying to work it all out, it's just metaphorically, just bring the, the sunlight of mindfulness to our experience and everything starts to heal of itself. We don't know how it does. Um, we don't need to know. Science, Mother Nature, in, even in our brains and in our bodies, we don't know how it works entirely. We've got a little idea, but the body knows how to heal itself. I'm sure the brain knows how to heal itself as well if we get out of the way. So that's the spirit in which we undertake Zen practice, is that we're cultivating that organic mind that, like I said during the sitting, you know, uh, on what the Rinpoche said, meditation is not doing anything. It's about non-doing. But non-doing, like in agriculture, it's not just going down to the pub and having a beer and getting drunk and forgetting about your farm. Right? It's about just about turning up just to be present to experience. And if we do that over and over again, something ch- starts to transform in our being. And I'm sure if it's, if it's a transformation in our being, there must be a transformation in our brain as well that's, that's occurring. Um, but it's a very natural kind of process. We don't, we don't have to understand what's happening. It will happen anyway. Um, so it's with that kind of organic mind rather than a mechanical mind that we approach Zen practice. When it's approached in that mechanical kind of way, this is some of the, some of the traps that secular mindfulness got into. It's like they even called it mindfulness-based interventions, <laughs> which a lot of us in the Buddhist world hate. You know, they're, not, they're not interventions. That's like digging up the soil with a plough, mm-hmm. you know, and bringing in tractors and so on, you know. Um, it's it's uh, it's a much more um, natural and, and subtle process to that. There's no intervention. You just you just turn up and you be present to your breathing and to experience, and something just happens. Right? And um, and when you know when you see that happening to people who have practiced in over. A sustained period of time, but you know, even the, the longer periods of five years, ten years, you, you start to see a transformation in people. People become just more open, you know, and their their fear goes down. You know, all the blockages go down, and something just is restored to its natural order again. So, it's in that spirit that we do Zen practice. <laughs>